0: Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. My name is Brad. Thank you for joining me today. I hope your morning is going well or if it's midday for you or night, I hope that's going well too. I'm really excited about you joining me today because I have Dr. Carl S. Moore on the show today. He is the host of the Universal Love Movement podcast and it's not only the best name ever for a podcast, I think, but he, uh, the, the show lives up to the name. And I caught on to this show probably about six months ago, and I just noticed that in, in a lot of ways, it just reminded me of some of the shows that I've done on the past. You know, he is a curiosity seeker like me. You know, I feel like the Coffee Buzz is really a combination of curiosity and creativity. You know, those are, it's gone sort of all over the place, you know, but I think those are the consistent themes, at least from my perspective. But, you know, when I heard Dr. Carl on his show, it really reminded me of the same things because, you know, he has been podcasting for probably about a year now, But he spent the last 20 years uh, doing research and looking into psychology and the human condition and religion and just how it all plays together. And, you know, that just sort of dovetailed right into, you know, what I enjoy not only talking about, but listening to myself, because I have noticed that when I don't sort of go back to these people like Dr. Carl and I'm kind of engaging in a daily practice of raising my vibration. When I don't do that, I kind of slip and I start to go into sort of negative states of mind. And at first I thought, man, I I guess I'm broken (laughs) because I have to keep going back to these, to these lessons to in surrounding myself by these people in order to stay in tune with my alignment. And so for the longest time, I thought it was me, you know, that it was something in, in my mind that wasn't right. But as it turns out, this is just how our brains are wired. You know, they haven't changed much in the last couple hundred years from when we were, you know, living off the land and hunting and gathering and that kind of thing. And so that is why our brains sort of naturally go to the negative side of things or they, they look for bad things because back 200 years ago that kept you alive looking for danger and threats and predators. Now it's, uh, as we all know, it's not so much like that. You know, most of the um, things that we encounter as problems, at least in my life, I create them and I will spend time worrying about something, an event that actually never takes place, so I'm constantly having to recalibrate and sort of keep myself grounded. One of the ways to do that for me is by listening to shows like The Universal Love Movement, because you know he tackles things like uh, emotional intelligence, um, you know mindfulness, um, and he has this great concept that uh, I'm, I've been adopting called a love lens and we're going to get in and we're going to talk about that we're going to explain all of that but it is a really interesting concept and I love this conversation I hope you do too this is Dr. Carl S. Moore from the Universal Love Movement podcast You're you're coming up on a, a year anniversary for the uh, Universal Love Movement, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I originally uh, like launched the show in February of of 2019. It was like the mm. a soft launch. <laughs> oh, But then okay. I went through a number of um, you know different experiences in life, and there were a number of things that happened that made me think, you know. And just kind of pause this for a little bit. And then uh right at the <laughs> prior to the pandemic, um, I was really motivated, you know, something in the atmosphere of the universe where I'm thinking to myself, let me and then, you know, launch the, the podcast um, officially um, with the website and all the, the fixings instead of it just being um, some audio out there randomly. And uh it was pretty great. It was it was it was interesting because it carried me through the mm. pandemic, right? in terms of just being able to have those reflections and, um, you know, kind of go into like, I guess I consider my art in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. It was was a really good experience in that regard.
0: Well, no, it's, uh, it's helped me get through this time because, you know, you, you talk about this concept of the love lens Mm -hmm. and man, that, that, that's really opened me up, you know, that, that whole concept it's changed the way I sort of look at situations. And I, I was just curious like, if you could maybe uh, talk about what that concept means to you.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, the So when it comes to the love lens, the, the love lens is a kind of a, you know, when we, we think about the way in which people view the world, um, you know, there are terms out there like ideological, you know, what are, what's a person's like ideology or their, you know, they look at it through the lens of like, you you know, we're all products of our socialization and the whole nature versus nurture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when we have these like mental frames and ways that we view the world, like some people think it's all good or all bad or, you know, or somewhere in between. A love lens is kind of in that arena, but not as much as a a theory as it is a shift of perspective, right? Mm. It's at any given time, we can view any given situation from a how can i could be most compassionate through my understanding uh most binding through my understanding most uh you know seeking uh like you know positive outcomes or constructive outcomes so the love lens allows a person to really see um, a situation uh, or a person in a way that's going to really you know promote that things are being constructive and moving forward in a constructive way versus a destructive way. And it, and the, the I guess the largest element it does, it has that human element to it where it's just viewing that it's another human <laughs> with right. a, yeah. another person, flesh and bone. So there has, there's love there, you know? Yeah. So.
0: And I think we, especially right now with the, the way things are kind of divided and, and sort of, you know um, so polarized right now, we have a tendency to not look, at the human, so much the human side, right? We're only concerned with the cosmetic, sort of superficial. What do you believe? What do I believe? Kind of comparison. Would
1: one hundred percent? We right now. I think the love lenses, and that's the reason why. Prior to the pandemic, the launch of my, sh- you know, relaunch or you know, official establishment of the show became very um, just timely because I saw. <laughs> That, you know, people, people, the the idea of cancel culture, right? Yeah. Which I can't, I can't uh, blame us for being exactly where we are. We where mm-hmm. we are. It's like <laughs> I, I actually give us a lot of credit as as a as a world that oh, we have. Um, we haven't gone off the deep end into something completely um, apocalyptic. <laughs> so <laughs> we're dealing with a lot, right? We're dealing with a lot. Yeah. Um, but at the same time it becomes um and i use the word you know constructive um binding um more harmony more of of making things work and move forward versus being stagnant and a lot of uh what we're dealing with in our society right now is more, is more po- polarized thinking mm-hmm. and polarized thinking is more critique versus curiosity uh more not even debate anymore, because <laughs> remember, oh, yeah. there was more, uh, you know, on that end of the uh, continuum, more of like, OK, I disagree with you and judgment around a person's thought versus debate. And then beyond debate, what I used to do is I used to encourage like dialogue. Right. And part as a part of my profession, which is, you know, debate. One person can win dialogue. We're just uh, throwing it into the mental pot and mixing it up and seeing what comes out. You know, yeah. so pretty interesting times.
0: Now, on that same note, you have your pinned tweet is very interesting. Uh, uh, It says, friends, you have an open invitation to inbox me if you want to have a dialogue about my tweets, especially if they seem vague or you disagree. And, you know, you go on to say that basically you're still learning. I'm curious, has anyone ever taken you up on that offer?
1: (laughs) No, no, not there on Facebook. Okay. Uh, And, you know... They've, um, I've, I've noticed that I I would love to know what your experiences are, but I've noticed, and some of it is psychology, uh, just, but you know, it's interesting when people say this is human nature, sometimes it's hard to know, are we socialized into these ways, right? Or, or is it more so that we, um, it's just a part of our natural way of thinking and doing Mm. right. Um, so are we in like fight or flight mode (laughs) are we, (laughs) are we? or we rest and digest, you know, which is a huh. probably a topic for a little later in the show if, if, if it comes up, but no one's ever taken me up on that. And yeah. uh, I have some speculations as to why, but I, I try to stay curious about it. I think to myself, Oh, okay. And, and you would also note by my tweets that often it's just from an eye perspective. Right. And I've kind of been that type of person throughout my life. It's like, you can't, you can't really debate me on what I think. <laughs> you know, say you're wrong. Your brain is wrong. And actually, yeah. I know sometimes it does get like that. It does oh, get like yeah. that. When people will tell you, "Hey, your brain is just wrong." I'm like, okay, it's not your brain, but my yeah. brain is my brain. So, so. Well, yeah,
0: and that's how the you know I think the the communication piece just shuts down because we're so busy invalidating each other's opinion or like you said, you know, what your brain thinks. You know, instead of. Trying to come at it from a human perspective, like your your feelings are valid, even if I don't agree with them.
1: You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. like that's like what your show. That's why I really liked the first time I listened. Um, I'm like, wow, this this guy's coming from a perspective of like objectivity, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the big O word. I, I don't, oh wow! I'm not. That was re, it. Was really refreshing because you know that you're gonna at least get. Um, uh, a lens. Now, I think there's now not to, there's no value judgment in this as it relates to people who don't do it, but I think there's something, um, cognitively complex or, uh, there's something like expansive about that, right? Hmm. The, uh, the, 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 uh, up the position of, of not knowing or just being, hey, just for me, there's just something that's a, a pretty, um, you know, awesome about that, that allows more space for other things.
0: Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, I I try to be objective, but I know that um, you know, yeah, I you definitely have a slam of course. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got my agenda, just like everyone else, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing that really stuck out to me in your show is about how assigning value to our life events is a superpower.
1: Oh, you kind of? Oh, this you've been listening. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: I oh I, I love your show, man. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I, I, I appreciate this. So the, I don't know if I'm gonna start with the super metaphysical aspect or just the regular, but maybe I'll go metaphysical than, than just uh, straightforward. So um, there is, there are the, so the mind, right? You know, w- what we think is, uh, we used to think it's like, okay, what you think is in your brain and emotionally or whatever, but it's a, a particular particle, right? It's an energy. Mm. <laughs> these are a thought, we think of thought as vibrations or as like actual particles that are sent out there. um, And people can go down a rabbit hole in that to validate that that is studied and verified as a thing. Before, it just used to be how I thought. Like, you know, you learn about these things from a spiritual perspective that, you know, thought is a prayer, all that. But I love that, you know, metaphysicists and neuroscientists that are validating some spiritual truths nowadays, right? You know, in terms of So when we when we when we think about the ways in which we assign value, we are sending out like literally like I won't say I like to say laser beams, even though they're not laser laser beams um, of perspective. Right. And those laser beams of perspective uh, make whatever that is that much more, um, concrete and, yeah, and to make really that, that they solidify that much more. And when we think about our memory, our memory is like, we actually have a lot of false memory. Our memories aren't like as, as accurate <laughs> and as, um, you know, uh, you know, true to the story as we would think. And there's been, you know, lots of studies on that. So, so those are some of the kind of like, you know, scientific and, you know, know, uh, psycho or sociological aspects of this whole assigning value. But when it comes down to like, just a real common day, everyday thing, what, like my past, I grew up, like my, my father wasn't around like this whole, you know, single mother, then I had Mm -hmm. a stepdad and there were a number of things that I've had to, you know, go through in my life. Yeah. And when looking back on those things, what it means is, is, uh, as it relates to assigning value is that I can either... Um, lean into what I've learned, um, the constructive um, element, uh, the, the constructive value that I assign to it, or I can lean into how the pain, the pain that it's caused me. Right? right now, of course, both are equally possible. Um, right. But what I've noticed is that, and I, I, I noticed this like about five or six years ago. You ever see those big, those speakers like, uh, maybe it's like a Tony Robbins, or it's a person who was released from prison and now they're doing this tour, this circuit. Yeah. Those people are not, they are not trillions of people out there that are at least publicized, but I've noticed that they all have a story to tell, right? They've all gone through something. And the pattern that I've noticed amongst all those folks is that the they have, may have a similar past as everyone else. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know people like that, but yeah. they have been able to assign some kind of constructive or positive value to their past in a way that makes them... Um, able to kind of continue to propel or push themselves forward. In fact, it's become like a, a superpower in which they can have this kind of like growth mindset as people would say, or a creator kind of um, mentality where they're able to see any particular stimulus and make a decision on how that will serve them. Like, and I'll give you an example from my, my life most recently, I, I recently hurt my knee. Um, I was playing football. Uh, I was thinking that, you know, I could still be in my old days, but <laughs> I haven't played football like officially officially for a team since like 1999 okay I've been playing you know since then you know sure um but when it comes to this my injury at the at the moment I'm like okay I'm gonna come back better than ever this is my opportunity to really do rehab um really do physical therapy because I've never trained with a physical therapist and in that kind of way outside of like organized sports and the value that I assigned to that experience is, hey, it was time to slow down. Now, people can say, oh, he's a qu- <laughs> he's a quack or, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, you can think of that about anything. Yeah, the right. sky's purple. Yeah, car- <laughs> you know, and that is true. But what, uh, whether you think you can or you can't, either way, you're right, right? That's you know, right. there's different sayings in terms of our view. So assigning positive value, I guess I would say, because there's so much I could say about that, is that it really does at any moment, um, give us like the ability to determine how anything or anyone will affect us. And that's a Stephen Covey quote, that part. okay? Um, because you truly can look at the ways in which it can help you, even if it was something that was clearly horrible at the moment, right? Yeah. So it doesn't only account for things that are kind of like, you know, fringe or, or, or kind of even. So hopefully that, that gives you a little <laughs> bit and not too much or too little, um, you know, around oh, this whole assigning value.
0: No, that's beautiful, and it <clears throat> because it really sort of um, shifts you from the you know victim mentality that some people sort of catastrophize their past, and I'm not here to downplay anybody's past. Understandable. You know? We've yeah, all same been thing. through yeah. trials and tribulations, but this uh, uh, it was it was kind of mind blowing when I when I heard that I, you know, and it's I feel like you know all knowledge is sort of in there in me, and sometimes I need someone to wake it up, you know.
1: That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's actually a core underpinning of, um, you know, and actually I have a show coming up. It's uh, it's, the, it's a title's extraction, right? Oh, okay. Um, so, and it's interesting because sometimes when I don't, when I am like debating on when I'll do the show, it's more than likely because the title hasn't solidified yet. It's just huh. funny. It's like process. <laughs> I'm like, should I call it? We, we facilitate, we don't learn, We, you know, but yeah. the, 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 uh, the premise or the actual uh, focus of it, it's around people, when I, when growing up and learning from, I'm influenced by these different spiritual teachings from around the world, right? I was raised Christian, but then I, re- I branched off and it was like, hey, that's what they did with Christianity, aka okay, I don't I don't want anything to um, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. But then, right. of course, I know it's a beautiful religion and stuff. Now, but when you're a teenager, you think a little bit more dualistically. You're like, no, I, I want to go away, you know, type of thing. So it's a little bit of rebellion. But uh, one of the things that they they teach in certain um, t- uh, Eastern teachings is that we don't learn anything; we remember. Huh. The process of life and inquiring knowledge is remembering, right? And then there's a story about. So if you look at remembering, there's a story about when a body of Asar in ancient Kemet or ancient Egypt was remembered. So if you like put it back together, so remember the pieces. Oh, of, um, interesting. And that's part of like, you know, so when it when I think of that sometimes uh, similarly to you when it comes to, hey, you know what? Thanks, because this was an opportunity for that to come out versus. And when I do, because I do um, life coaching, executive coaching, when I work with folks, it's more of a facilitating process, okay. right? Yeah. Versus a teaching or even a coaching. Now, coaching, coaching is cool. It's like, hey, I know you can get here, but then that means that I know that you can get there, right? right. Teaching is like, I have this information for you. Here you go, right? And mm-hmm. those are both awesome. And I learn a lot from teachers and coaches. I need to be coached sometimes, but for me, I'm like. I um, want to facilitate and will partner with you to be the best version of yourself. And yeah. it's not, it's not this hierarchical kind of thing, right? It's like, I'm with you because more than likely together, we can kind of have that stuff come out of you or, you know, it can be extracted or be facilitated. So yeah, um, that episode of course, is going to go into some of that stuff. But, so I really appreciate you saying that. I think that is just so core to people's, um, just way in which they move it in the world, like how much are you learning versus how much are you kind of remembering? But that gets wonky, right? for yeah. some folks. It's like oh, it gets it gets a little wonky. It's like, hey, what do you mean remembering? Um, my brain is here. It's um, yeah. just brain.
0: So <laughs> it does get a little um, esoteric for I think some folks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. Sometimes I kind of get out there into left field. Um, I'm kind of uh, I love Recently it. obsessed with the law of one. I don't know if you've. Uh, Tell me more. Tell me more about that. Well, you know, and I'm definitely not a scholar. I've just sort of been trying to, um, you know, educate myself of it. But it's basically the concept that we are all one consciousness and that we decided to incarnate on this planet. And we went through what they call a veil of forgetting. That was part of the agreement that we made to manifest here. And so this kind of goes along with what you're saying and that all this knowledge is really buried in, in our soul somewhere, you know, and we just have to remember the lessons that we forgot (laughs) is sort of.
1: I I love, love, I'm in a direct alignment with what you stated. That's, that's I've I've adopted that. I know it's like a, a story or perspective, but that's part of my, my core belief system. Exactly what you just stated.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I knew whenever I started, I mean, from the first episode where I, I, I started following you on Twitter and then I, I discovered your podcast and I, I just, man, I really thought we were like kindred spirits there, you know? Yeah, I'm
1: like, well, yeah, even now I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to need to stay in contact after this, uh, even this show, because, you know, it's like, you know, they, they mentioned the whole tribe thing now, you know, that's part of the thing, but yeah. in whatever you refer to, I, I really do think that um, uh, it's like we're spinning tops, right? Hmm. And sometimes in order to keep your like momentum you need to at least be it's not like I'll spin you your top you spin mine it's more of just being in a presence right or knowing or in proximity and sometimes that proximity is just being in connection like and it's 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 kind of like iron sharpens iron type of piece uh, yeah so so, so, yeah, so yeah it was very exciting to me man you know when we when you talk about that because it's something that um can be uh restorative especially yeah. in a world where I, my experiences as to this point hasn't been where I see experience tons of people who are thinking in such a way, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but, you know. it's very um, uh, refreshing, you know, because despite all the turmoil and the division, I'm seeing a lot of uh, people awakening. I, I yes. just think, yes. you know, the, maybe an awakened person doesn't quite make as much noise, you know, as someone that's in a fearful state. And so I, I don't know, despite all the sort of um you know calamities or whatever that's going on i think we're we're moving together more than moving apart. I don't know would you yeah. agree with that, or do you think maybe that's a Pollyanna kind of
1: <laughs> no see i i i am uh call me Mr. Pollyanna. You know, like I've, been, <laughs> I've actually been called that by an HR professional, you know, oh, at a place that I've worked at. It's like, oh, I consider yeah, it a They're like, yeah, Carl, he's Pollyanna. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's because of their lens, right? Their lens is that yeah. my, those actions that I'm doing are, they were looking at it through their lens are to, mm. and I'm like, you know what? Um, I don't agree with the definition of that, but how you meant it. Yeah, I am that. I do see value in everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, so yeah, so call me, you know, guilty as charged. But as it relates to, um, this, uh, where we are right now, it depends on one's frame. If one is in the mainstream kind of narrative, that whole thing that you mentioned around like taking action and moving and, and there's a lot of, it can actually be the very, um, most divisive of times that we've ever experienced. Um, because of the, um, the, the, the the different points of division, right? Yeah. All along um, political, because political it used to be at least, you know, even though I, I look at the politics as like, and this is this is going to sound a little judgmental, but two different um, ends of the same coin or whatever, right? It's like, uh. you know, it's like, okay, heads or tails, you know? Yeah. But that's how it used to be. It used to be, you know, that we, for the greater good of the nation, we just have certain views, heads or tails. But now it's become something totally just different coin like you know silver versus Bitcoin I don't know it's like' <laughs> it's just like it's just totally different it's like they don't even like each other anymore like we're you know they you know people are like I'm like it's like humans non-humans it gets like yeah. that like, people really don't want people to exist on this earth or even consider them as a, a, a you know because it's, it's gotten like that so that is the the awakening part um is on other sides, which I'll get into. What's interesting about that is that uh, there's a law, one of the laws of the universe, uh, universal laws, it's um, polarity or mm. correspondence rather, right? Yeah. So dark, to have dark, you have to have light. These are things that are not as debatable. People wanna debate a lot of things, but you know, until people disprove this law or whatever it's like, there's darkness, light, and more than likely, the more darkness says there more light. There may be somewhere because of the correspondence, right? The inverse, because huh. of the balance. So, I can, although I see a lot more publicly divisive pieces, the piece that you mentioned about us being more awakened, I can't but help but imagine that there are uh, increased percentages. Uh, there is a, an increased percentage of uh, of you, right, and right. people like us that are out there. But what you said is so beautiful about it may not be as like vocally, I forgot exactly how you mentioned it, uh, vocally or outwardly seen. And that is the interesting thing, because you hear Gail Scott Herring, he said that revolution would not be televised. And I'm starting to think, I mean, and the reason I thought a long time ago when I was younger, I heard that I'm thinking, oh, that's because it's going to be a spiritual war. Right. Uh, Okay, But the word war was still there. Yeah, but now I've even departed from the idea of war, right? Huh, really? Because we have this. Um, there is we have this uh, mentality that things have to be fought for to yes. be, you know, secured or or mm-hmm. grabbed or gotten. But I've also seen in life that there there is contrast. There are like you know there is brunt, there is force. There are things that happen. But I've also seen things gradually. In fact, I've seen more things gradually change or kind of organically grow um, than just a, a power grab type of thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so the awakening, I think a lot of folks um, like yourself, um, we probably are moving in a way that is dancing versus ah. fighting. And this is something I use, in you know, sometimes it's like. How do we dance now? Dancing doesn't mean that you're like not recognizing what's going on. You're like la 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 la, <laughs> you yeah. know. But how would he? How do we dance with reality in a way that? And this is the principle of um of rhythm. What we recognize mm. when it it's like uh at least play double dutch around my way and you know growing up like the you know the rope game where it's like jumping. in. Hey, yeah. How do you jump in and and then move or the tango like what you know when is my turn you know, um and I think that that is a different type of flow and it. it's like how I like to operate. Whereas I'm recognizing these things. I know that change needs to happen, but re- I don't know if I would say path of least resistance as much, huh. I mean, you know, you see what I'm saying? It's kind of yeah. like a area. So obviously this thought isn't like super formulated. It's just a response to your question, but it's a long more of just really changing one pers- one's perspective because at minimum, the energy that it provides for me, you know, if I'm walking around life thinking I don't got to fight, <laughs> you know yeah that's sh- that creates a different type of existence and that's what i try to tell folks um you know in in different settings you know we'll share for myself like i recognize everything and i want to fight at times as well and i think that there is definitely a place for the force mm-hmm. of a fighting yeah. and one of my favorite books is uh power versus force by david hawkins and right. it talks about the whole for, for Like, for example, let's say that you're, uh, one of your friends never believed in you. That can be mm. a force of like, all right, I'm going to prove them. But you can't, staying in that, I'm going to, you know, do this in spite of them is different than letting that jolt you and then you kind of getting into your own flow of mm. doing it. Um, so I, there's value in fight. Sure. But, you know, so the awakened the people right now, I think that what you mentioned about us maybe not doing as much or I forgot exactly how you stated it, but I really I really agree with that. I really do agree um, that that's happening in this like reality at the same time. And like, if I wake up and I'm watching the news every day, <laughs> no, nothing against the news, but if I wake up yeah. and I'm like consuming certain information from certain sources, mm-hmm. that other reality is mine. Like yeah, I, this reality this is the worst time the world is ending kind of thing. You know, <laughs> so I, what, what do you think about that? I, I, it's a it may be going out on a limb, but it's uh, it's a little part it's part of my, my, my experience every day.
0: No, I, I completely, you know, relate to what you're talking about. I've I've had these moments where I try to draw back and, and disengage from the news because it does sort of put me in this adversarial mind state just out of the gate. And I mean, that was part of my domestication. You know, my programming was about standing up for myself and not letting others push me around, you know, this is what I was taught as a kid, and on my path of personal development, I I know I need to be more compassionate, especially with people I disagree with, you know, it's, mm, mm. as we all know, it's like easy to be compassionate towards, you know, people that are like minds, and that are, you know, agreeing with everything that we say, but the real test is like being able to communicate and show compassion to those people that are totally opposite. And um, it it seems like this dilemma in my mind is like, how do you go about this world and stand up for yourself without being a pushover? Right?
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. How do you, how do you, um, exactly like you say that I have, I have two little ones, I have a five and a two year old Mm. and that teaching them exactly that is part of my mission. I remember my, my daughter has soccer and, uh, and there was this little, little boy hitting her and stuff like that. Right. So I grew up, um, you know, kind of like, you know, and there's this, um, and this is not loving, right. Of self, There's this kind of like deferring where, okay, I'm not going to cause any trouble or anything, but if someone were to hit me, I was taught that someone hits you, you hit them back kind of thing. Right. So my way of you know, being socialized and programmed was like, you know, I was receiving a lot of love. So that was natural for my mom. But when people would harm you physically, then you fight back. Right. Right. But I recognize that there is harm done uh, mentally, socially or psychologically or whatever. But Uh that becomes even more relative. Right. Um, Mm. I say to my daughter now, I'm starting to try to teach her already and say, hey, you know, and this is for teaching, saying this to a five-year-old may sound like insensitive, but it's, I promise I don't do it in a bit. In a, <laughs> she says, oh, you make me mad. I'm saying, like, Carl, um, not Carly, Carlise, Yeah. you are saying that I make you mad, but you can decide not to be mad. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the agency that she has. So there's this kind of thing there. It's like, okay, there are these stimulus, but there's this decision that we can have. Now, does it make what I did? um categorically okay to do maybe it's not so in a bit in the world my way of approaching what you mentioned in terms of how to go back and forth it's that I'm going to notice things um and I'm trying I I don't have this down I'm noticing things and and making sure to take a stand for what is not a part of the social rules right Mm because it's not even a matter of right or wrong you know yeah (laughs) the social rules and that and that thing and I'm going to um, speak up against it, not even against it, speak up if it's appropriate and, if, and it will have positive impact. Because sometimes you speak up and it does more harm, right? And it's like, what was your goal, right? <laughs> right. Your goal yeah. Is it it's about you or is it about, so I'm going to speak up and then at, I'm going to have agency over mm. myself. So agency over how I'm thinking and, em- and emoting about that is important. So And the things that hurt me, I'll just allow them to hurt me and deal with it and sit with it. But the goal is to be a, like, not have buttons. Like and I had an episode on that. It's like, my that's my goal. It's not like I'm not, I don't want to have emotions, but I don't want to have buttons to where I can walk out here. I can be saying I'm going to have a great day, but then I can go to the bagel shop or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> so then you just like, people are punching you all day. And you're like, oh, ouch, ouch, ouch. Oh, that's yeah. not a good, that's not the existence I want to live in. So yeah. In, in how do case. you go about,
0: cause I, I remember this episode where you talked about how we should all have less buttons. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting because, you know, even now, after years of, you know, personal development work and, and things like that, I still, there's a few buttons that if, if someone even looks like they're going to punch the button, like I can feel my adrenaline getting ready. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I think part of having buttons is like human, you know, Mm. it's like, and when those things happen, it's like, oh, this is great. I'm still like a human. I didn't <laughs> I didn't transcend. Because, yeah. you know, it's like how to be in the world but not of it or oh, a participant yeah. and not too far. And that's my constant dance. You know, it's like, ah, how do I, you know, and I'm, you know, forever in that little space. But so one of the things that I've found to be a very concrete way of enhancing my capacity around that is um, being more, they, people say mindfulness, which has become more of a buzzword. Yeah. But it's allowing myself more time and space to be present, do nothing, you know, whether it's walking, participating in whatever my activities are, mindfulness rituals or a, a person's practice. Yeah, And um, there is, um, what is it, Victor, Frankie, uh, there's this uh, model of, uh, of uh, stimulus and response. I forget exactly what it's called, like, the, I think it's called the choice model, where there is always some some stimulus and then we have a response how do we increase the space in between there it's not like um, when we're superhumans where we're like oh nothing bothers me you notice like you'll notice the things that used to make you want to you know a fight or what have you but you have a decision and the space for decision becomes like the ma- movie the matrix um okay. it's like you know neo wasn't like seeing slow bullets that was camera tricks right, right. it was literally like he had has his 10 20,000 hours of training to where things just really slowed down. So I've actually noticed that in certain moments, cause I used to do this this peace, um, loving peace or whatever meditation. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was focusing on, cause I was living in Philadelphia, I was focusing on being more peaceful in traffic, right? Ah. Because I used to, I it used to like, it used to be uh, shameful for me when I would see people cursing each other out. And then when I would, and I would feel like, man, you know what, I want to curse someone out right now, or I want to like, and I'm going to get mad. So I seated myself that long story short sure is, I, to this day, and that was like eight years ago, to this day, I notice when I'm in traffic huh. and I want to, but I don't because I have more yes. agency, but that, 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 that initial response is still there, but it's just the action that I take. So it's an interesting. There
0: you thing. go. It's, I guess about it, uh, Wayne Dyer called it the gap, you know, the, the oh, space yes, in between the gap, thoughts. Yes. Yeah, you know, I love that sentiment. It, it. You reminded me of that exactly when you just described that. One of the things that I I've really picked up from you is that it just spoke to me when you talked about comparing your heart to the weight of a feather each day, and how this way of seeing where you are, kind of reflecting on whether or not you were choosing love or fear, um, that really blew my mind. You know, and and getting back to Wayne Dyer, you know, he mentioned something that always stuck with me that the first 10 minutes of your day and the last 10 minutes of your day are probably the most important parts.
1: Oh yeah. I love you that. You know,
0: and you've, is this a practice that you do like before you go to sleep and when, or when you wake up that you are kind of taking a stock of, 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 of where you were the previous day, something like that in, in, in a way of, like you said, being more mindful. Is that, is that how you use that as a tool?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's um and now it's not every day. Ideally it would be every day. You know, yeah. I have my my routine that I'm into 70 80% of my time, right? But then those right. days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people say I have this routine. I'm like, "Man, I can't wait till I get to the point where I'm just doing my routine routinely every day without <laughs> Well, There's you do have two
0: are... children, so routine sometimes. Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, seriously. I know you may have some uh, tricks for me because some folks are in it and they it's like so religious as like you know, you know, wait, opening their eyes. Um, so for me, the 10 minutes in the morning um, piece is, is connected to the um, the 10 minutes, uh, you know, before bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it comes from an ancient, um, like there was this weighing of the heart that they used to do. In, uh, and I'm largely, a lot A lot of my influence comes from like, you know, Mesopotamia, Samaria, you know, ancient Kemetic kind of views on life they when they show the the figure with the wings like ma the uh oh, um, right. yeah it's like a goddess but you know it's like a, really an aspect of the creator or of existence that they have personified which more than likely could have been a person but you know no one mm. was there to really know right yeah <laughs> it's, it's true. true and that's my only thing like we don't know but when but really it sim- does symbolize this idea of um um harmony right and um and I'll go a little deeper because it, it, it's necessary. So if one is operating from a peaceful state, right, um, they can understand and connect to the vastness of of spiritual power, or mm-hmm. we can just say electrical vibrational energy power. You can you can well, experience like that. that when you're at, you know, so the piece of space, the piece of nature, whatever. Yeah from that, you have these principles that order things in the, you know, whether polarity, gender, mentalism, vibration, cause and effect, you know, all that stuff. And all of that has an interplay. It works in harmony with each other when recognized from a peaceful state you know, in the spiritual power. So when one um, measures their heart and at 10 minutes, it's not as for me, it's not as much about did I do right or wrong. Right. Right. But, One of the things that could be more close to like accessible for for like a wide range is like my intentions, right? Mm. Were my intentions in harmony, right? With the flow of the universe with in these principles that are that guided, you know, within, you know, vastness and and the so at that moment, one can um, literally do what some people say happens at death. You know, you kind of like you know people say my life flashed before me, like you know that type of thing. It's like those moments every day because they say that we're in the word judgment. They say we judge or we weigh our heart every day um, before we, so that then each day we can kind of continue to move forward in greater dancing or harmony or flow with the with the universe. So, so yeah, I I do it mostly. um, I do it like more so throughout the day, and but when I'm really doing it. It's like okay measuring that when I can and sitting in like and then at night before for bed um and it's really it's pretty it's a mindfulness practice for me because it's really just slows me down now before the next day so that's at the, it starts the day before right at night right yeah prior to the ne- next day it's more of waking up and and for the first 10 minutes not going to anything a phone or anything but just sitting uh, yeah. in the peace because I want that kind of like so that then everything else will come up and, and kind of order my way of um, trying to operate in a way where my heart can be more so in harmony with things. So it's, uh, hopefully that makes sense. I know it's a little, yeah. I've never had to you know, really talk about that. Well, not had to, but I've never really expressed it. So I appreciate you asking. So um, it is something that is so near and dear to my, like if there was anything religious about me um, uh, or the religious strain, it's like, it would be that because um, I really do believe that's the way I want to kind of like operate. Like, Hey, at the end of my life, Carl, most of the, your actions, you may have not have been perfect, but your heart was light because your intentions, when you look back on it, you didn't have a heavy heart. Sometimes mm-hmm. the heavy heart isn't because you did something good or bad. There are people who do some terrible things that don't have a heavy heart. That's <laughs> like they, true. They, don't, they don't freaking <laughs> care. You know, they don't yeah. like, and they're, they're t- or sometimes their intentions were to do something else. And they, they, but that heavy heart is if your intentions don't line up with that, you know, kind of like your morals or values or, yeah. or your, you know, um, your actions don't line up with your intentions kind of thing. So. Right.
0: No, that's, that's, yeah, that's beautiful. I uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit. I have a sort of a regular intermittent fasting practice, you know, typically I don't go more than like 16 hours at tops, you know, but I know that you go for long periods of time and it's an area that fascinates me what, what's the longest fast you've ever done
1: I remember my mother was um I've the longest fast that I've done without eating at all was like um I went like almost a week or two wow just just water um really and my my mother was um in the in a hospital and I was doing it as like a a way of like you know sacrifice to the to the gods, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. hey, I you know they offer animals in 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 the uh, in the books or whatever. Sure, but it's like I'm gonna offer my animal nature, right? Huh. The carnal, and that's right. what fasting is. Um, in some ways, it's like offering up the carnal part of oneself. So that's the longest I've gone like straight extreme, but you know yeah. I do those 21 day things. Um, but the longest that I've gone in terms of like you know, eating, but there'd be some like in- intermittent or they're juicing or raw connected to it. It's been like, you know, for months, a, a few months. Wow. Like,
0: really? A- a few just few sort months. of minimal calories to sustain? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've gone like six months with that kind of like wow. all, all raw. Um, no, well, some people that's their lifestyle, but that for me, it was, it was, you know, my fast is just raw, um, nothing cooked or anything like that. For yeah.
0: This. Now, do you find that um, it's a that it's another power that we have to be able to do this, to tap into our spiritual nature? Or is it, you know, because it's referenced in so many religious texts and I I just feel like there's got to be a spiritual component to fasting there.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I think as you just stated, um, I think there's something about, and just to repeat exactly back, I think that it it is a, it is a spiritual power to do that, it's like a talent and innate talent. Like you could have the ability to be the a world strong man or strong person or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you don't like do, uh, what is it? Like, um, what's the thing called? CrossFit or getting, you don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> untapped, but you can have untapped innate talent and a potential, but then it becomes like a, you know, or gifts or whatever. Right. I think that we, I think many of us have that. Some maybe probably to more degrees than others. So I do agree. Um, but also in it, it gives you special, well, not special, but superpowers. Hmm. Like I promise you, at the end of my fast, yeah, most of the time, like it doesn't happen every cycle because I fast four times a year, twenty-one days before the change of the season, uh-huh. and the seasonal markers are just come from you know a lot of the different text. I've kind of triangulated all the different texts, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense to do because none of us were there. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot a lot, of, a lot of it before a long, long time ago was like studying of the stars and making sense of it, and then uh-huh. you know. Um, but there, are, you know, there are other beliefs that I value as well. So at the end of these fast, I have experienced when I have nothing in my body, like I'm running just off of juices or whatever. Yeah. That my, like I'm running off of another energy source that I can notice. It's, huh. it's the most amazing feeling that I can describe that I can generate or feel on my own. And that energy source, I would say is, is a spiritual power. Whereas in usual life, I'm getting hungry and I'm running off of like, you know, whatever that food as fuel. Um, And and then of course, we're still running off of like whatever this other automated kind of thing is as well, which people refer to as life force. But I notice it. It's like noticing electricity or feeling the cords or something. I'm like, cause like, I'll feel like I can run from like here to like, a 30 mile run, I'll feel like it, but I may not have the um the energy, but my I just feel spirited in such a way like I can do it. So that that's something that is, is just perplex baffles me, even though I've experienced it multiple times. It's like, wow, is this really happening? So yeah. when I'm in, I'm like, this is strange. And I don't say things are strange that often. Like, this is really strange. <laughs> so, yeah, it seems yeah, counterintuitive,
0: you know, to have yeah. that much energy during a fast.
1: It's but so, oh, goodness, from what yeah. I've
0: read, though, in my, you know, and I, I've not studied this in college. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But from what I've seen, digestion, digesting food is like one of the most taxing things that our bodies do. That's why, you know, people have a big meal and they just want to go to sleep. And so maybe that's where that energy source is coming from, because your body's not having to sit there and, you know, um, process this food and, and get it out to the you know, various parts of the body and things like that.
1: Yeah, it's getting, it's getting a break. Finally, 100%, <laughs> you know, um, it's like beyond, it's kind of like they say rest and digest. There's something after rest and digest, it's like repair, cell mm. repair and all of that other kind of, yeah, it's a, it's 100% connected to that. And it, it could be, it could be something like even beyond that, that that, that a person can experience as well. Right. Yeah. Um, after you, and then the cell repair. What happens after that? Like, there is—is is it just this feeling of the essence? Um, yeah. But it's really, it's really an awesome feeling. Um, to feel.
0: Yeah. So to give you a little backstory of me, in my day job, I work in IT now. And, okay. Great. Uh, yeah. Part of the thing that we encounter when we see a system error is we do a, a root cause analysis, and so I, I've started applying this because I see a lot of parallels between the IT world and personal development as odd as that might sound I love
1: it no the universe of binary code right you know so yeah it's really-
0: <laughs> <laughs> So when I applied that sort of root cause analysis concept to my life it seems like the root cause is resistance but after listening to your show I I think there may be like a it may be something below that. Like there's maybe it's a low level of fear that actually causes the resistance, maybe on a subconscious level. Do you think that resistance is a standalone issue? Or do you think that it's, there's something underneath it that causes it? Wow. And I know that That, may be personal for each person, but
1: no, that's super profound. That entire piece, I would love to talk to you more about. I want to respond to your question though, but that's the the question's amazing an amazing um question
0: oh thank you Yeah. Uh,
1: oh so do i so the the question being do i think fear is a like a a fixed underlying element of of our of our experiences or if it is there is some kind of root or cause to, that generates the fear for folks
0: because well, i i used to think that the resistance of the present moment was what was causing all of my frustration but now as I'm, I'm listening to you, you kind of took me a, another level deeper than that, like, well, what's causing the resistance?
1: <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, and I, but I've never thought about it in that kind of sequencing or syllogism. It's like and the answer is yes. I do think that, and this is kind of like the vibrational uh, gets in, the only way I can make sense of it because I would have to sit more with the and I, I can feel what you just said as to be true. But okay. in terms of expressing it, um, it's like whatever you—it's like the law of attraction type of stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that explains that, right? Where it's like, and I mean that's such a a, 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 a popularized kind of term, but it's like literally um, manifesting or the fear attracting or allowing it, that to become more probable, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, that
1: resistance, right? Versus um love which those same things could happen and maybe it's not love versus fear maybe they're better terms right that's all we have that's all i have for now whereas resistance is um going to allow those things to happen at a higher rate more probable or more noticeable or in more resistance whereas love those same things right right even if they do occur it's more of a binding dance you know harmony versus a something that that it's kind of like you know when we look at ourselves and this is a crazy i never i'm so happy that i, that I listened to this i forgot what it, where, what it was on but it talks about like you know sperms and and, and egg right you know uh-huh. it look it, it, it we've been taught that it's a fight
0: hmm. yeah
1: right trillions of sperm that are like <laughs> and um i i listened to something or read something once and it was talking about how they're really like the sperm are dancing and that oh. when they're trying when they're, they're like playing oh they didn't okay. say dancing I'm sorry playing with each other and then when it gets to the L it's uh, the egg it's not yeah. this resistance thing it's more of a um, play you know and then the egg envelops or you know kind of um, uh, sucks in the mm-hmm. um, the sperm or the sperm and that is a part of a, a process that's kind of like mutually not just kind of beating at the shell and who's going to let it in. And I really do think that that kind of on a very that's the most microscopic example I could think of describes this whole, but there are things that are kind of like trying to get at you and there's a yeah. little bit of a a war you know um in in one's body um but just kind of a different perspective on what's happening, right yeah, even with Ill, with illness, if I'm sick right now, people think, oh my goodness, I have a fever or 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 whatever, and this may this is something you don't want to have forever. but we look at sicknesses in in my house it's like oh great your immune system's getting stronger
0: Ah, (laughs) like i I said it to to my daughter
1: so that's kind of like oh so you're getting stronger right now Ah. that kind of perspective in life and not running away or that kind of you know but in any case those are examples towards that whole fear you know versus the as a the whole root cause piece hopefully that responds to the question appropriately
0: no you know When I was thinking about that question, I thought this might be a little um, too personal for each person, but I, you know, but just because of the response that I've had listening to your podcast, and because you talk a lot about how people have fear, you know, and that how we, which one is going to let, is going to rule your day. And so. I had to ask that question just because, you know, it, it took me to a new level of my, you know, root cause analysis for my own, you know, life. So that was, uh, you know, you peel back another layer of the onion, you know what I mean? Ah, uh, me I love that. it. Love it. Yeah, it's, uh, as you say, you know, I, uh, I think the answer to this, to my question is to you know, refocus the love lens if I'm feeling resistant, you know, it's getting back to that.
1: Awesome. I, I need I need, I, w- I would like to solicit uh, uh, some coaching because uh, uh, you brought brought that back <laughs> in terms of my podcast like even your questions I'm like I need to talk to this guy about even because you bring up the love lens and even a, a more uh you know I really love how you've used it at the very beginning and even now to like really reach out on focus stuff whereas I may not even mention it some episodes so I really, really? That. isn't that interesting? it is the, it isn't un- a guiding light but how you've used it during t- in this even this brief time. It's just been beautiful. So I really huh.
0: appreciate it. Isn't it interesting how you know you can throw this idea out there to the ether and then someone else can maybe take it and make you see it in a new way? It's just uh it's a wonderful exchange, you know, of ideas, I think. Um You and I are both Bruce Lipton fans. Um, <laughs> I love that dude. He's got a great oh. YouTube channel. Have you ever seen some of his like <laughs> Yes, I've seen I've
1: tried I've tried to see it all. And I had yeah. no idea that you're a Bruce Lipton fan. Oh, oh man.
0: I love that guy. He
1: We're locked in now. We're locked <laughs> in now, man.
0: <laughs> and you know, he talks about like the first seven years we're in that theta brain state and we're just receiving all the programming, you know, yeah, yeah. around us. You know, once we're adults, we sort of move out of that, you know, and we kind of just become we've sort of given over our free will we don't i think there is free will but i think most people relinquish it because they have stopped challenging you know or trying to change their program and I, i wonder if we're even though we're not in those state of brain states are we always programming the subconscious mind do you think
1: man i would love to know your thoughts on this as well um i think so but i I think that it's like uh, if we're using computers, um, like I, I'm on a MacBook right now, uh-huh. so to try to be to connect to to use a metaphor, I think that most of us we are using different software, yeah <laughs> <laughs> whereas whereas we could reprogram the computer um, potentially, yeah. but I think we're just using different software and apps. Right. Mm, you know, okay. within our within our priority program system to maneuver within a, a larger program. And that larger program, if, if we were to really reprogram ourselves in certain ways, we would not be able to exist within the MacBook or exist within a society. Right. Oh, right. So yeah. it's kind of like the whole in world, world, but not of it. So I think that there's something about even people that have gone off the program or just maybe something that makes it hard for them to exist within this reality right yeah i do think it is possible to program yourself in a way to be able to recognize the program use the software or what have you apps but then still but it's kind of like the programming that we would there is kind of like there are two other i mean maybe there's there, just in my it's like that social conditioning programming to live as a human being and then to live in america and then just to live period right Uh, to want to be and um so i think we are reprogramming ourselves to make sense right because we we want we collectively do want to belong Mm. and we want to exist within it and we're we're making meaning of the world in ways that make sense in order for us to continue to thrive and exist yeah within our family structures our you know, that's why a lot of people are like, Hey, I believe in this um, two party system. (laughs) Like they got kind (laughs) of No, but in any case, hopefully, hopefully, you know, at least it makes sense. I may, I'm not definitely, you know, right on this or whatever. It's just my perspective, but what what do you think? What do you think about that?
0: Well, you know, it's, I think it's harder for us once we are into, you know, our adult years to, to kind of get out of that program because, you know, when I get up in the morning to make my coffee I don't think about it. You know, it is a automatic behavior. You know, it's um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this. He said that, you know, basically whenever he's a neuroscientist and he says that when the, when the body knows how to do something better than the brain, that's when it becomes a subconscious behavior, you know, driving to work, doing those, those things, you know, checking your emails, you know, you've done it so many times that it's just, um, it's an automatic auto start program. Type right, thing. right, right, and and I get why the brain does it. It saves time. It's efficient, but it's also it goes back to the brain being a wonderful tool but a horrible master concept, <laughs> where a lot of things we do just because of what I call status quo mentality. Like I've always done it this way, and you never really challenge those things, and um, I think. I mean, I'm definitely no expert, but I'm trying to figure out ways to tap into that subconscious mind, how to get into, you know, those brain states where my subconscious mind is open for new programs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they, it's... they have, have you done, um, well, you know, meditation, of course, that's the most widely known one, but there's, um, what are those things called? Binaural beats. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, so I, I share the same motivation. I'm, I'm also trying to You know, become more have more agency over my programming. Yeah. Um, You know, and so I would love for you to share as as you come across things. uh, The the biggest thing that I found to reprogram one's subconscious is to be present. Mm -hmm. Um, And like that's kind of going back to the weighing of the heart piece, or to being present. And I think the number one thing that it's kind of like newly discovered by me is no stimulation. Huh. I think we're overly stimulated, right? <laughs> because then I can I can be with my thoughts. I used to do, you know, a lot of things and I would go into meditation and focus on my breathing. Stimulation, I've gone to a, another layer of understanding stimulation in terms of like, and this is, um, I forget the name of this, author of this book It's called Beautiful Practice. Are you, we have to know where we are um, on the continuum of um, extreme concentration um, or the lack thereof, right? Uh. You know? And some or sometimes like you say, okay, I'm focused on these things, and then I'm not working, but you're still stimulated, devices or whatever. And then you're like, oh, I'm in meditation, I'm focusing on my breath. And then there are folks that nothing, like I'm talking about, just you know, and it's kind of hard to describe, but I think you, you get what I'm what I'm what I'm saying in terms yeah. of that allowing me to know what's going on up there. But I haven't been able. So the question for you is, I haven't been able to. Um, tap into the subconscious with any kind of like ritual or practice other than like i used to do this thing where i would write with my left hand and go into like thinking about different parts of my life i'm, I'm wanting more strategies do you have yeah. are you tapped into certain strategies for that because that's where the reprogramming really would you know be um so yeah so not that this is an interview for you or anything but well, just no, kind of a, like you know i look at drink.
0: these um these as discussions more than yeah. interviews, you know? I mean, obviously you're here and I want my uh, my audience to to be exposed to you. Appreciate so that, yeah. You know, I'm definitely yeah. going to be asking you more questions, but <laughs> I'm always open to, to answer. Oh, beautiful, you. beautiful. So whenever I, I, it gets back to the what we talked about before, like the last 10 minutes before bed, and I know this is going to sound, people are probably going to eye roll me <laughs> if I say this. <laughs> hey, we, you
1: should be welcome for that. You should want all the smoke with eye rolling. That's part of part of what you do. do. (laughs) Yeah. But,
0: um, these affirmation statements before we go to sleep, some people even like, will listen to a recording, you know, that is, it's very simple, but it's just, you know, I am abundance. I, I you're invoking that. that I am, uh, from the creator and you're, I, you know, you can fill that with whatever you fill in the blank there, you know, but you know, whenever people typically go to sleep, I know for myself, before all this, I would sit there and ruminate about everything that went wrong that day. <laughs> and oh. so the next day I'm just like almost, you know, determined to repeat the same things. And so to get out of my own, to, it sounds weird, but to stop being myself, whoever that self is, I have to, you know, kind of do those I am statements of, of whatever. And, and great gratitude. I also think is another way like you have found that what I try to do now is be grateful for things that I don't even have yet, you know, and just feel that vibration, like what it would be. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. That's beautiful. I am, I'm of a similar, you know, we're kindred spirits in that way. Um, and I'm very thankful for the fact that we have at least some scientists studying how that actually allows things to exist more, um, increase the probability right or more actually right yeah. so it's kind of like and my m- mother used to say growing up hey um pray but know that the lord's got you he's he has it before you've seen it you know that type of thing yeah but yeah. what's interesting is that you know you start to learn from um you know quantum physics or with metaphysics or whatever it's like you know um i think dr joseph Spencer teaches about this um your brain is like if you look at your brain your thoughts as a laser beam and yeah. your feelings as a laser beam, if there, there's coherence when they both are in the same thing. So mm, yeah. that coherence creates the literal properties in a quantum field to make things kind of, you know, manifest that more likely versus, you know, feeling in it one way. So I love what you're saying. And I um, that is like so core to my everyday thinking, like feeling good and feeling mm-hmm. it um, before it happens um, and thinking it. But the sometimes the subconscious does come in and have those things of like, oh, maybe not. And I have to continue right. to remind myself in a positive. Um, when you had mentioned the bedtime piece, that's very exciting because I remember when I was doing a meditation and I used to do it before bed. And I think this is the other, the only other thing that I've found that really helps reprogram my subconscious, like what I mentioned um, with the whole driving in Philly piece, that stimulus yeah. and response. That's kind of like remembering the program versus the new program kind of thing, right? That whole thing. Right. Going into meditation and um, or into visualization or just sitting and picturing yourself in that scenario in the future and feeling, right? But then also when you're rewiring oneself, it's like certain habits, imagining yourself doing something different than you've done ah. in the past. I found that to really just change my life and I, I'm just surprised I don't do it more, but it's like a, a 100% way I know that I've reprogrammed Myself, what I appreciate us talking about this right now because it brings it back up. Where right. I know that I've gone into meditation. Now, what's interesting is people think, okay, go into meditation and visualize it. The feeling and the thinking connecting in that whatever world that is when you're in meditation, right. I really do think that that's a recipe for a lot of amazing work, um, mm-hmm. you know, past, present, future. And, yes. you know, for one to go in one's past and reassign value, right? to, you know, again, how do I feel about that in terms of like reprogramming, you yeah. know, in the counseling, my partner's a therapist and I actually kind of raz and joke with her about this sometimes, but I'm like, don't you, um, and this is this is super, I'll get to get eye rolls on this. Don't you think <laughs> that, um, I forget how I ask these questions to her, I try to ask them in a way that's very respectful. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, so i say, um, could it be possible, right? <laughs> that type of thing, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that the way in which we do therapy is part of a certain model. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that model is about digging in, digging up other things. And I'm not saying it doesn't work, but is it, you know, so long story short is she, she didn't tell me that I was like totally off. She's like, yeah, you know, what you're saying makes sense in terms of like the value that you're assigning to things and going back and, you know, so it really does, it disrupts all of that, right? Right. Whereas we're used to going and digging up stuff, but it's like digging up bodies or what have you versus where we are right now. Now, I think digging up stuff helps for certain people because they may have this subconscious, but it's not as if in therapy, we're digging into our subconscious all the time. Right. We're like digging up and we're like mentally processing it. Mm -hmm. And there may be some amazing like life coaches and kind of pseudo like therapists that, you know, that blend the both. But until there's that emotive piece that I know can happen through therapy in some ways, um, the change is not always there, and you kind of need you continue need to go to right. therapy. Like you're going to need to continue to keep going. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What, do you, what does that make sense? What do you think about that part? No. That is like a well, as it relates to this whole reprogramming? That's huge. You know. Yeah.
0: Well, this yeah. is the difference between Dr. Joe Dispenza and other like clinical therapists because many people believe that you have to, like you said, dig up these components of your past that have made you who you are today. And you have to process trauma, whatever it might be, in order to get through it. And Joe Dispenza says, no, you just take your attention off of it. And you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, and I yeah, do think, yeah. to your credit, I think you said it very well. It's personal. You know, some it people per- need to go through that because mm-hmm. if that person is the personality type that needs to go through it and they tried, dispenses method where they're like, well, I'm just going to take my attention off of it. I think that might lead to uh, suppression, repression and other people. Yeah. 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 And so other people might find more value in just like letting go of it and just being in the moment. And they can do that without the repression. That's, that's my armchair quarterback kind of, uh, you know, opinion about that.
1: I really like that. I think what, what you just stated or the collection of that piece in some type of, a, I think that that's even enough to honor what it is, but then to give folks an understanding and a bridge to folks like Joe Dispenza, because that, in my love for folks, I really do um, want folks to be in a, you know, space, you know, um, I'm not sitting here all the time, like, oh my gosh, people are not, cause I don't, that's like judge, sometimes um sympathy is judgment, right? Wow. Like, you know, wow. it's like, oh, as if their life is not as good or whatever, but I huh. do, I am excited about folks that can taste, you know, I'm excited about folks sharing the taste of just the freedom um, that comes from what you just mentioned. So yeah, I can't help just to bit, but to be excited, but like, you know, it's kind of like how I have to live in life. Like I'm excited for you because I'm like this super excited person, but like, uh, so I'll say, Hey, I love the movie. I was like, I love the movie Tenet. but if you all want to watch it, let me know. And then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's oh yeah. Not, I can be overly excited for folks. And and, and that gets into like this kind of like um, intrusively wanting folks to have an experience. And, you know, sometimes love is a little bit of that as, uh, as well or was in the past in terms of wanting to share
0: and uh, enjoy.
1: But now I've recognized love to be more so just and you said this a number of times to your credit, just a value. It's one thing to tolerate right yeah. it's another thing to accept a person where they are it's another thing to value where they are right yeah so me valuing where people are now it's like okay this fight or this pain or whatever in fact you i tell people all the time like you may be doing a lot better at life than me
0: uh-huh.
1: with that <laughs> i just i am just committed <laughs> for me i'm just committed to this certain type of thing whereas before i would think subconsciously like or in the back of my mind i'm like Okay, they're gonna be more stressed out. It's like how I felt yeah. about being vegetarian, all these things. But now I'm like, you can, you know, there's no, no one, you know, these things sound better, but your life experience could be very much greater if you're like into the deep end you know, off of whatever. You could be Dark Vader and have a greater life than, you know, <laughs> did some of these things. <laughs> and sometimes Dark Vader does have a better life because <laughs> oh, that's funny. That, that energy, that energy they're promoting. So that's Yeah. Fine.
0: He's, he's definitely in touch with his shadow self.
1: Right. He's like fully <laughs> shadow, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> well, Dr. Moore, this has been so much fun. I know you, you told me to call you Carl, but yeah. anybody that's gone through and gotten their PhD, I feel a certain amount of respect for. I appreciate that. And so I, I am honored that you uh, decided to be on my podcast today. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope we can continue to, to talk like this because uh, I can just tell we have so much to talk about.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to staying in, in connection um, in vibrational connection and, and learning from you, man. So, I, I And then I'm humbled by being on your show. And, uh, you know, just shout out to all the listeners out there. If they if they're tuned into you, they must be awesome human beings. Um, oh, well, thank you. You know, bro. so because it, there's a certain, you know, state of being that you can be in to really appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, um, what you share every day. So keep, keep up the amazing work and um, look forward to being connected in the future.
0: Yeah, where can we find the uh, Universal Love Movement?
1: Yes, a Universal Love Movement. Um, it's on every you know uh, podcast, you know Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, et cetera. It's 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 the Universal Love Movement, and Universal is Y O U, and and then it's another L for the love. It's L U V, and yeah. then a word movement. Uh, and then I think the the maybe the easiest way is my if you just go on Twitter and just type in you know, at Carl S. Moore, C A R L S M O O R E. It's right in my, um, you know, my little description right there. So, Absolutely.
0: Yep. And I'll link all that stuff for you. You
1: have a great website. I uh. Oh, I tried. did you? You know what? This is making me feel amazing about life. Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm over here like I'm trying to be a podcaster. You know, um, not it's not like a imposter syndrome, but it's like a. So I, I appreciate that because um, you know, doing this. It's it's an art for love. It's like a person who's been in their their garage, just kind of like playing music or doing their acrylics or painting. And they're like, oh, great. And um, whenever someone sees it, I get excited, I still have that in me that isn't broken, but I'm doing it for the art of it, you know. Mm. Um, So I appreciate it. And we'll have to do an exchange. I have to have you on the show because I need to do more interviews um, in 2021. That's some feedback that I was given. This is like, oh, okay. yeah, we, we like hearing you Carl, but you know, we. So, <laughs> so so just consider yourself already, you know, invited. We'll have to think about this specific topic, but it may just be more yeah, so.
0: Absolutely. Anytime I'm always, uh, I'm always down. And, um, uh, you know, like I said, I really appreciate you being here. And I, I I have a good feeling that, uh, you know, my, my, my few listeners out there are going to appreciate you and your show. So give, give, a. Give the Universal Love Movement a a listen, and I love your acronym for LUV. It's a was it Living Universal Vibration or?
1: Yes, oh man, this is great.
0: Yeah, yeah. So check it out. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Love and Light, everyone.
0: You can find Dr. Carl S. Moore's podcast, The Universal Love Movement, on all the podcatchers out there. It's everywhere. So make sure you check it out. I uh, promise you won't be disappointed. I mean, that's a big promise, but if you're listening to my show, you're probably going to like his. You can find all my backlog episodes at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. As always, if you want to reach out to me, talk about this show, talk about anything, um, give me uh, shoot me an old-fashioned email. I'm at thecoffeebuzzpodcast at gmail.com. I can give you my... Uh, favorite vegan recipe for chocolate chip cookies or something. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.